From Breaking Bad to Calling Saul, agents led by Son of Call. Oh, Game of Thrones, who's the next to die? House of Cards is full of lies. Supergirl just flew on by. We're chillin', watching Netflix. How much time's gone by? We're talking TV. From suits to supernatural. Talking TV. Blacklist and the Rebels. Sherlock's Big Bang with Orphan Black. True Detective bombed at second crack. The Walking Dead. Arrow and the Flash. Get into geek. This is Marvel TV, and I say that like that, Maddie, who joins me. Welcome, Maddie. Hello. How how marvelous? I am marvelous. We're talking about Marvel now. Obviously, I say that because you don't join us for DC TV, but I say that because as of last week, the DC TV chat with Terry and I, it's done forever. No. Oh. I don't know how much you love our podcast, but it's because of how much you hate the content that we talk about. <laughs> We've wrapped up. I, I do find you guys slowly coming over to the dark side, though. I find your podcasts are getting more and more critical of these oh, shows. Look, it's and, great. And if, as, if you go back and listen to last week's podcast, we, Terry and I, I said, look, let's just actually ask the people that are listening. And look, you know, we work in radio that you get told you are speaking to one person. Mm. It's not, hey, you guys listening and everyone out there. It's Sup, Brizzy. Yeah. You're not, you're not asking the city. You're not asking the country. Not that you're saying, hey, how are you today? We hope you're all having a good day. And hey, give us a call if you have ever done this. You're talking to one person. There's your secret, guys. You haven't worked in radio? Bang. There you go. <laughs> yeah, radio 101. Done. We're treating everyone like they're the special individual. And if there's only one person listening, we wouldn't have jobs anymore. But we treat you <laughs> like you are. We dropped that, Terry and I. Said, Look, I'm talking to everybody listening. Please let us know what you want out of this show because I feel like, yeah, like Maddie said, that we sometimes get in there and if we're frustrated with an episode, we just come in and we've got like a list of things that we didn't like. And then there are people that I think, well, there's, there's obviously a lot of people that listen. Like we were uploading these episodes, DCTV, months after these episodes were on because it took us so long to watch them, so mm. much longer for Terry and I to come in and actually record, much like these Marvel shows as well. But... We upload them, and a lot of people are still listening to them on a lot of different formats. So it's like, okay, there is an audience there, even just for us, let alone the content itself. What do you want? Why do you listen to us? There's enough people that listen to us to talk about these DC shows, even though I feel like, what you just said, Maddie, we are nothing but critical of them. So is that what you want <laughs> in our podcast? Do you want us to be nothing but critical? Do you want us well, just to I've, tear I've them apart? i heard you guys be very... Um... Uh, very pro the show mm. as well. Like uh, it was a few weeks ago. Now was the one um, where Diggle and um, Diggle and Oliver had like a big blue. They had a big fight, big disagreement. Yeah. You know, and you guys were like that is just some of the best DC we've seen in yeah. you know years. So it's like you guys still love. It. There's definitely podcasts out there, and there's a few Star Trek ones out there. I think where it's they seem to hate the shows and yeah. they just go on there just to hang shit on them. And it's like, well, no, you guys love the show. You enjoy mm. watching it. You love the bad cheesy. Crappy stuff as much as you enjoy the, you yeah, know, the for really sure. good, the, the occasional really good writer. <laughs> and uh, and there's some good actors. They've got some good actors on those shows. And having said that, like we also do Get Into Gate. I know I've plugged it a bunch of times in this, but if you are new, we do Stargate SG1 talk. Myself, Maddie, Brennan, and Reese also from Get Into Geek. We just do our own little sideshow just talking about SG1. And for the most part, we love every episode, but then you'll get occasionally a really bad, you'll get the worst episode of the season. And we get really judgy on it. Mm. We tear it apart. But we have fun with it because you yeah. know we love the show. And, hardly enough, 
Those seem to be the most listened to episodes that we ever put out. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. We yeah. don't seem to have well, that... Everything we do comes from a place of love. Absolutely. Whether we hang shit on something or whether we just absolutely fawn over it, it all comes from a place of love. We're yeah. never going to do a podcast of something we hate just to hate on it. There's enough hate oh, in the world. Oh, what a waste of time that would be, yeah. Yeah. So, apologies to anyone who does listen to our DC chats and mm. just like, I don't want you guys to be negative. And if it, I, I assume if you're a fan that just sees nothing but positivity and good things about these shows, you're not listening to that anyway because you wouldn't stand for us tearing it down. But yeah. we don't really seem but to hey, have that. Pro- when, when Young Justice Season 3 comes out, I will join some DC chats on that and probably love it. <laughs> we'll and maybe be, even Titans. Maybe It'll be like Titans. our DC adjacent because <laughs> you're like, keep all your live action bullshit to yourself. We'll yeah. stick to the animated. But you're right. Um, I... I absolutely want to do at least a Titans pilot review. Mm. And, hey, we might do it for the whole season or we might just do a a season bundle once we've uh, seen everything. But I think Titans we need to talk about because that's a game changer, even just the way that it's delivered. I mean, it's designed to air on a streaming service, but the rest of the world other than America and maybe one other place, I'm not too sure, are getting it on Netflix. So we will absolutely talk about Titans uh, and then we'll see after that whether... Maddie wants to keep coming back and doing that. <laughs> no such problem with Marvel. We're here to talk about Shield and Gifted. Uh, first up, though, let's talk Agents of Shield. Uh, we are talking episode 15 of season five, Rise and Shine. And I love my episode names. You know that, Maddie. So I'm wondering what <laughs> yeah. this could possibly mean. And obviously, starts off. Uh, she's not a general. Who are the 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 the, the, the like evil evil mum? I started to general call her Hale. Back, but She's a general, right? So General yeah. Hale reveals herself to um, uh, to to Coulson early on. Oh yeah, I'm Hydra. Um, totally. I think it's time that uh, Hydra and Shield. We should be totally working together, man. Like, we're behind these old rivalries and stuff. And like, Coulson just seemed we to, worked like, together for years. Remember? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh Jesus! And Coulson just seemed to like accept that. She's like, he goes, "Who are you actually with?" She goes, "Hydra." He goes, oh, I thought we beat you guys. Like, it's mm. nothing anymore. Like, Hydra back in Captain America Winter Soldier days, and with Bill Paxton in Shield. That was huge. That was monstrous. That was universe changing. My mouth is still on the floor from Captain America Winter Soldier. You realize <laughs> yeah. what the freaking hell is going on. This though, wow, what a what a great like not even backstory or gap filler or anything, even just like a, a for the fans reference maker episode, but just little nuggety details in here for for me to enjoy uh, as as an MCU cinematic lover. You've got young Sitwell. You've got young Hale. She goes to the cafeteria in the little Hydra school, and she's sitting across this um, olive-skinned guy with big glasses. And I'm like, if that's not a young Sitwell, I'm not here. <laughs> she's Sitwell, and I'm like, bang. Okay, great. That's Sitwell. Excellent. Um, they walk into class. Uh, please uh, welcome in Daniel Whitehall. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's the bad guy from season two. Holy shit. He's there. Um, he walks in. He starts talking about we've got a particle infusion chamber where we're going to imagine creating a guy that could change the density of his skin. I'm like, are you talking? Talking about Crusher Creel. Oh my God, are you creating this people? What's happening? And then obviously that's going to lead somehow into when you've got a young Von Strucker sitting there getting taught by Whitehall and he's going to go and lead that infusion particle thing chamber. And then later on, he's going to get the scepter from Loki. He's going to create Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Wow, there's so much shit going on here. I'm getting so excited. It was like the first four minutes of this episode. I've rewound that so many times. I'm like, really? missing details. There was just a lot of stuff. Wow. Little, this little nuggety here. I was just like, I wasn't prepared for it. It was the first Shield episode I'd watched in a couple of weeks. And I, you know, I'd put my baby down, said goodnight to my wife. She's touched, she's going to bed. I'm going, and I'm trying to keep quiet, you know. I 
you know, me, I like to double, I like to double task, pull out some washing, to <laughs> fold some socks, you know, and then they just drop a nugget after nugget after nugget. And I'm like, slow down for a second because I am right into I this. I am so glad you got a kick out of that because my reaction to all that was, really, really bitch? <laughs> really? I got all, that feeling from All you. these people went to the same <laughs> underground bunker school? Yeah. Really? <laughs> Are we trying to say that every member of Hydra never went to a normal high school? They all went to a special underground bunker Hydra yeah. school, and it was, and then somehow just emerged into the world and became part of it. Mate, as they, a got their, they got their Hydra placement. Agent? Where'd you get your placement? Oh, you're gonna work. You're gonna work in Admin Shield. That's what you wanted. Yeah. You know. Where you go? Well, I'm gonna go to Air Force. Hopefully, you know. But it was. Yeah. Look, it was weird that it. It is the. It's like there's only one place that they all come from. Yeah, I guess it, it makes sense. Like if you think about it in. In, in in a real world kind of situation, it makes sense because how else would all these people know to hail Hydra and yeah, all that kind yeah, of yeah. stuff? It, I just I just never thought about it. Mm. I'd never I just thought, oh, you know, they all just had normal upbringings, and then as adults, they you know got into positions of power, and Hydra got to them and turned them and stuff. I never mm. thought about it as like conditioning from birth, like yeah. that there was there was breeding cycles and. And, you know, force joining and all these kind of things. Mm. I was just like, oh, oh, really? Yeah. Is this, oh. So maybe it'll grow on me, but I was just like, oh. <laughs> no, you're right. It was weird how they did treat it like an actual high school. And you know, they go in the cafeteria. She's got to find a seat. She goes and sits next to the nerd that's not sitting to anyone. You got Von Strucker over there. You know, he's sitting with all the cool guys. They go to the gym. All the guys team up on the girl because you're a girl. Mm. You can't do a good enough job like we can. You're smart. So that therefore makes you a threat. So we're going to physically threaten you. And I'm assuming it's an underground bunker, like that all those windows are faked out. Yeah. Because it's like, why else would they lock Ruby in that room if she's got a real window yeah. that she can just jump out of? Mm -hmm. Like in the future. So it's just like, well, in the present. Yeah. So I just assumed it was like this weird underground bunker. And I'm like, are these kids getting their vitamin D? Like, <laughs> how are they? I mean, granted, Hydra probably doesn't have a lot of black kids. So that's fine. Like, you know, that yeah, whole, probably the whole not. melanin thing's not an issue. But I'm just like, mm, what are we, what's happening here? Yeah. Yeah. But it was, yeah, it was just treated like, if you didn't know that you were watching, like you said, a, a conditioning environment, you wouldn't think that because. Yeah, they, they, they acted just... normal. They were just normal kids, which I'm like, okay, that's great. But like you said, if they're all in this one little bunker and that's where they, everyone knows everyone type thing. How 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 are those kids? Yeah, they're not those they're not exposed to normal television from well, the look of it or pop culture. Yeah, or... that's true. But not even that. I'm thinking more like, how are you convinced that this Hydra? Organization, these people, your teachers, and and these special guests like Daniel Whitehall, when they come in and they go, oh, no, we're the future. We're going to save the world, and we're right. Everybody else is wrong. When you're like fifty, hundred people, maybe like as far as you know, you you see the same people day in day out, seemingly for your entire life until you graduate at you know eighteen or twenty or whatever, and go and get placement around the world. How mm. are you so ultimately convinced that you guys are the way of the future and you guys are the only ones that are right when you're no you're zero point zero 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 one of the percent in the it's world? Like elitism. It's like yeah, they should know they're probably gonna have to hook up with one of the other people that are around them. Yeah. like at some point to continue the bloodlines and all yeah. that kind of stuff. So I was like, and then the fact that they they combine that with um with Whitehall codenaming his project. He's like, oh, we've got a destroyer of worlds chamber. Mm. 
Really, bitch? Well, it was a pro- particle infusion chain, but yeah, the, the, they coined the super soldier that was going to be creator, the destroyer of worlds. And so, yeah, mm. it, the idea that he would yeah, name it something so you would think that's more of a post incident name like Nick Dandy yeah. could give well, like and they're not trying to destroy the world they're just no. trying to guide the world into their way of thinking they don't yeah. want... so just the fact that they call it a destroyer of worlds mm. um, and also given that you know given what Hydra are like that's the destroyer of worlds is like a Hindi god like mm. Ganesh is known as the destroyer of worlds or something I think it's Ganesh or it's a very odd choice for them to make given yeah, that they're very yeah, yeah. white supremacist and, and all that kind of yeah, stuff fair so I'm call, like yeah. I don't know, like these things separately, I'm yep. okay with, but to combine, I'm like, oh, I don't know if that paints a proper picture of what, what Hydra mm. are. Mm. So, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a bit of a stretch for me. We're, like, to take it back to, I guess, the, the Nazism, um, I think we saw another level when he does call Hale in separately and says, you're, you're actually smarter than the other guys. Like, you're, you're possibly even stronger. Like, you... You stand out above the rest. We we're we're singling you out for like the greatest job ever. Um, yeah, we're gonna turn you into a breeder. Yeah, and I was like, oh shit! And she like like you said, oh no, you've got a choice to comply or not mm. comply. That's completely up to you. She, oh, of course I'll do it. Yes, yeah, yeah. Thank it's you. Like sub subtextually, it's like you're so smart, you're so brilliant, you're so this, you're so that. Mm. Unfortunately, you're the only one with a uterus, yep. so that means you're going to be a breeder for us. And it's like, really? Yeah. And she's still sticking around? Yeah, we're going to go and create the perfect human, and then we're going to insert it into you to grow, and you're strong, and it's strong, and you'll create this super being. And it's like, shh, okay, now we're getting back into this p- perfect race thing from mm. from where you guys started. And it made sense coming from Whitehall, because he's been around right since World War Two. Yeah. You know, he's been, like they said, he's been using alien blood, alien blood, um, to, to keep himself, uh, you know, uh, anti-aging, basically. So, um, yeah, I, 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 you know, you know me. I just get carried when I see like a an old cameo like Whitehall come back in, like after three <laughs> yeah. seasons, because I like these shows being like a living comic book, where if a character exists in the comic book ten years ago, and then nowadays the artist goes or the writer says. I want to use that character. Bang, just draw him in. You're not paying yeah. an actor to use their face or anything. You're designing a character. So the idea that two and a half years on from that guy appearing in this show and then definitively being killed, absolutely being killed in the show, he is brought back for a cameo 28 years ago in story time. It's just like, th- yeah. thank you for doing that. You know, That's you- it, because that is the hardest thing about doing all these live-action comics is it's yeah. just like... You know they can't. They've they've got to make sure the actor's available. The actor wants to come back. They've got to pay all that kind yep. of stuff. How they look, they can't just draw them whoever they want. They've got to figure out timeline wise. They're looking older. They're looking younger. What mm. do we get? All that sort of. So yeah, I I do appreciate that that they can just you know they they've thought that through enough. And I, I started like thinking really out there about it the other day when I was listening to a podcast. They're talking about Star Wars and the idea that. Star Wars 2015 with Force Awakens, you know, that was Star Wars coming back. Obviously coming back again. We experienced it in 99. But in 99, you know, you kind of always knew you were probably going to get these prequels. Once they renamed them to episodes 4, 5, and 6, you knew you were going to get a 1, 2, and 3 at some stage. Mm. Or when they said they were getting the prequels, you knew they were coming. 
and you were going to get three. Whereas 2015, you know, for 10 years almost, we knew we were never going to get a Star Wars movie ever again. We'd seen the, the opening and the closing of the saga. They bring back 2015. They bring back Harrison Ford. They're bringing back Carrie Fisher. Mark Hamill's in it, even though he's not in any of the materials. The Millennium Falcon's there. Chewie. We've got a new, young, beautiful cast. And, and it looks like the Empire. It's everything. It's the Star Wars of your childhood. And it's back. It's being made by a, a, an absolute lover of the franchise. It's great special effects. Blah, blah, blah. Everything. That the movie goes on to make $2.5 billion. Like, you know, pretty well-received movie, but it's a phenomenon that will never be seen again because how often do we have a franchise like Star Wars? We never do. And it's it's them returning. We're never going to get that. Episode Nine's never going to do that. They might take a break for five years. Never going to happen. And I'm like, Infinity War was almost that big of an event back in April or May. Like yeah. For me, like I wasn't around when Empire came out or anything, but people say, even though it wasn't as well received as what people think it is now, that movie changed things. If you were a hardcore Star Wars fan, and back in 1980, you go and watch the movie and Darth Vader, no, I am your father, world-changing shit, oh my God, I don't know how I can accept this, I need to go back and watch the old one, this is massive. That's what Infinity War felt like to me. Like I feel like I will remember where I was when I watched that movie for the first time, who I was with, how I felt forever in a way like that's that, you know, and I'm saying it's it's my favorite movie of all time or it's the greatest movie I've ever seen in my life. But it's just that it it was such a, a culmination of feelings and, and, and hype and excitement. And again, I've been with these characters like we all have for 10 years and I went in admittedly, and I'd said this to you back when we did our review, none of the trailers really blew me away. No. And I knew that movie had so much going into it and behind it and everyone was so hopeful. It could only fail. It could only fail. And it didn't. Mm. It was awesome. And I'll remember that. And I was thinking about Avengers 4, thinking, well, what could that be the next Force Awakens? Because everyone loved Infinity War so much. Could Avengers 4 be that? Because everyone will just want to race out and see it. And it probably won't because it's only 12 months. You get hungry for it, but not like if they didn't make another Marvel movie for 10 years. And I'm like, hang on, what if they didn't? What if they filmed this? And then they released it in 10 years. You're like, what happened after the snap? I need to see. But they don't show us until 2028, you know? But they could never do that because they've got to keep making these Marvel movies. And then once they do, well, then Robert Downey Jr. can go, not go and make another Iron Man because he's 10 years older. Mm. Or Chris Hemsworth or Scarlett Johansson or Elizabeth Olsen. None of them can make it because they're older than what they were. And I'm like, <laughs> hang on, what if they made like 10 movies now and then they didn't release them for 10 years? You're spiraling, years? buddy. You're spiraling. You know, that's what I mean, right? So I'm, getting, I'm like, this will never happen. So I love when they can just bring this person back. They haven't aged very much and shove them in for a nothing cameo, a thankless cameo. But it... it Adds to the story. Well, it builds I mean, on the guy they cast. Probably wasn't that busy. That's so. I mean. Yeah, it's not like he's Harrison Ford or anything <laughs> like that. You know, he's he's look he's happy for the work. But again, that he isn't part of some other rival network. He's not on a CBS show, and they're like ABC. You're not yeah. going back to ABC. Well, that's happened with uh, Lady Sif. The reason she wasn't yeah. in Ragnarok or anything else like that is because she's too busy doing um, Flash. Uh, or uh, blind spot. Blind spot. Yeah, oh, that was close. It's yeah, yeah. it's, a pro- it's a procedural, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, go. they're all the same. <laughs> I have now get the bleeper ready, Mitch. There's one thing I noticed with all this Hydra bunker stuff with Ruby and stuff. Why is Ruby such a every time she gets breakfast? Yeah, every time. Yeah, it's like really, bitch. <laughs> Really? Like, I just... Can we make Get Into Geek t-shirts? And that's on the front. Yours is just, 
Really, bitch. Really, bitch. <laughs> I've been watching. I've been watching too much of RuPaul's Drag Race, and there's, and there's is um really queen, and I'm just like, well, I can't say that. That's just weird. So I've just gone with really, bitch. Um, yeah, just like if if I was Coulson, I would have just wanted to just smack her in the back of the head and be well, like, Talbot, Oi. man, he was very close because he's that father. He's like, don't you turn, and I've done them at home, not whack my kids like that, but just like, don't you, don't you dare be so rude to me. Listen to me, I'm talking mm. to you, and they just no. Nah, and okay. it's like she's so aware, like she's this, you know, high level uh, combat specialist. Yeah, her peripherals would be so on point. Like she knows those people are there. Yeah. And it's like, wouldn't she be bored in that bunker all the time with no one to talk to and do stuff with? Granted, she's a sociopath, so maybe she doesn't want to talk to people. Yeah. But it's like, you think if there was something new and interesting there, a person to talk to, mm. she would kind of be interested? But well, no, yeah. no interest. Because her entrance in to get breakfast, it was it was subtly different to the way she did it when young Strucker was down in the in in the bunker when he first got there. Because it was almost like, well, they're a similar age, so, but she was also probably trying to get him in a different way than what she was trying to with Talbot. Whereas when Coulson, at the end of the episode, she did exactly the same thing to Coulson as what she did to Talbot, but Coulson wasn't buying it. No. He's like, oh, is this is this your thing? Yeah, she okay. makes them come to her. Okay, so anyway, I'm, you tell General Hale, uh, I'm just going to be eating um, in uh, in the room. All right, actually, the, I mean, the best, the best, absolute best line was like, really? This? Um, I'll give it a C minus. Ooh. And it was, I don't know what the breakfast was. You know, it wasn't Captain Crunch. They had it there. He was like, ooh, Captain Crunch. Okay, C+. Plus. Like, it was just, you know, yeah. condescending Carlson. And he goes back, sits on his bed, cross-legged, out of a bowl, eating his cereal. Yeah. Like, he wasn't having none My of that My actual shit. favorite line in that was referring to the Captain Crunch where he was when he was talking to Talbot, because Talbot's obviously lost his mind. And that Talbot was pleased that he outranks Captain Crunch. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was, because I've never liked Talbot. He's just been, but you've never supposed to. Like, he's, yeah. he's always that, you know, that, you know, jarhead Two -dimensional general. Dick. Yeah, yeah, you know. But yeah, the fact that Talbot was pleased that he outranks Captain Crunch yeah. just gave me no end of pleasure <laughs> for some, for some ridiculous reason. I just, it gave me the giggles. <laughs> so, Hydra have had this sort of semi long standing association with. Aliens, um, mm. since what the the Shatari like had some kind of device in their ships when they invaded New York and the Avengers. These guys found it. They didn't know what it was. They accidentally turned it on, transported them across the galaxy or universe, come into contact with these aliens. Who went, hey, some shit's going to happen in your world. We'll protect you, like the mob. We'll protect you, but at a cost. And you've got to give us, you know, Inhumans and mm. and, and, and all that sort of gear. But yeah, it, it, it's very much setting up the future that's going to come. And then you get into, okay, the bullshit name, Destroyer of Worlds. But the idea that... And, and they even come with, you know, uh, Fitz being told by Simmons that, oh, by the way, Deke is our grandson. And, mm. and um, Mac talking about Yo-Yo and how she's seen herself in the future and that everyone now is considering themselves invincible because oh, they know so dumb. that they're like I was okay with it when it was just yo-yo because I knew that it was dumb and I'm like well you yeah. you don't know that it's dumb because you're like hang on I'm alive there and this oh, is yo-yo like, yo -Yo believes in Jesus so she believes in a lot of dumb stuff so <laughs> she's gullible like hang that hang on mate we usually gullible. save her anti-religious chat to get in a gate <laughs> I'm happy to bring it in but this is not part of the meeting um, <laughs> but yeah when when Simmons like hears that from Mac Max says oh she thinks she's invincible she's like hmm 
oh, interesting cut to scene. Yeah. And then she comes up and tells Fitz, he goes, hey, look, by the way, um, yeah, he's her grandson, no big deal. Oh, it's a massive deal, Jen. It's, no, 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 it's not, not, not bad. Um, basically, we're at least invincible for the next couple of years. I was in I was in two minds about that is she's please tell me she's a scientist. Like and the mm. fact that they've gone to the future and their whole idea is to come back and change the future. Yep. She should understand that it's that whole um cause leads to effect. Well in this case it's effect leads to cause. You yep. know it's, it's that kind of, she's a scientist. She yep. should know these things. <laughs> so please I hope she doesn't think that she's actually like in like immortal yeah. like, not gonna die. Yeah. The only way I could save it is that she thinks that she and Fitz as a couple yeah, are we'll invincible. It. Yeah, like it's okay. a metaphor. It's no matter what comes between us, yep. here is proof that we get married, we have a kid, they yep. prosper, we have a we have a grandson. Mm. We as Fitzsimmons are invincible. We can't be torn apart. Yeah. I hope that's where they're going to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think they're going to go the other way. Just, really I know, just the fact me. that's where they cut the episode. Yeah. We're left with these questions. If we're watching it live for an entire week going, you're not that dumb, you're not that dumb, you're actually the smartest person in this whole show, and then I'll open it up next week, and you'll realise, no, she is thinking about effect leads to cause, and you're like, oh, thank God you're doing this, right? You know, it was kind of the same, you know, what, six episodes or whatever ago, um, when we were wondering about how they're utilising time travel, and we were like, if they do this, they are the dumbest people in the world, how dare you? (laughs) Come the next week, it was like, oh my God, they did exactly what they should have. Yeah, I... I'm a little worried. I'm, I'm a little yeah. worried. I, I'm not. I, I'm not trying to focus on it. It was just like a for Gemma to do it and to, to explain it to Fitz. I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Yo-Yo can do that because, as far as she knows, it's the she's the only one that it's going to affect and it's messing with her logical thinking. But you guys, well, are... she saw a future version of herself that had no arms. She's just lost her arm. Mm. She's dealing with that. She, all those kind of things. Like I get, she's she's grasping at straw. She's trying to find purpose to everything that's going on. But yeah. for Fitzsimmons. Cold hard science and facts are their purpose. Like that's yeah. that's what they live and breathe. And I'm like, really? Mm. Like she's she's been to other planets. Like back in season three, she was trapped on that planet with Hive and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And and now they've been to the future and been back. And she really thinks that, like their whole the whole reason they were taken to the future is they can so they can see how bad it is, so they can come back and change it. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Ah, uh, I'm I'm worried. Well, b- back to I'm the worried. um the story of world thing. What I I think why I didn't think about it logically like you did. Like, oh, should they have? Not, why would they name it that? Blah blah blah. Mm. Was Clark Gregg's performance when he was so cool? He's Coulson. Nothing phases me. I know yeah. exactly what I'm doing. But then it was the moment where Hale said. Oh, by the way, we're going to use my perfectly engineered daughter. She's my daughter, way, but it doesn't matter. We're going to use her uh, as being like the harbinger of doom, basically. Uh, I don't think she's ready mentally, and I'm like, you think? You think? Like she, you, she's sort of like a wild, you know, untamed dog that's been on a leash for a little while. You let it go, mm. and it just goes mental and kills people. She's been yeah. slicing arms off and shit. Um, we think uh, Daisy Johnson could be perfect if we give it like these. Basically, we give it like a power multiplier, yeah. and then calls. Hang on, what? Yeah, we call it the Destroyer of Worlds, and he's. Like, Oh no, you can't do that! You can't do that! Like he was freaking out because up until that stage, he was kind not 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 so much one step ahead, but 
nothing was going to get to him because... No, he's least, like, they need me. It's fine. They're not going to kill me. Yeah. I, we always get out of this stuff. I'm, it's fine. He it's, knew he was safe he's to not, a point. He's not rattled by Hydra anymore. No, nah, but then when they said that and he's like, holy shit, no matter what they've done in the four or whatever episodes since they've been back, everything that they've done is paving the way to the future that they're trying to escape from. Yeah. And I like that. I like that they just get, like you said, the, the effect... Uh, precedes the cause, the cause yeah. precedes the cause, you know. Yeah. It, I um I spotted some very interesting um wording that Hale said about all that stuff. She says her predecessors made a deal to protect us from the coming war. Mm. I'm wondering if maybe that's an allusion to the Kree Skrull War. Yeah. That we may actually get a bit of a taste of in Captain Marvel coming up. Yeah, okay. And that's that is when because I don't know much about the, the history of that. Is that just like a Again, I don't know much about this reference too, but like say Klingons and the Federation type war, like it just goes on forever. Like they've always got yeah. little battles here and there. They, just, they don't like each other basically. So the Korean scroll, it's not like they've had one war that everyone talks about. Not like a World War One type situation. It's just mm. a it's a thing that's always happening. Yeah. I mean, can I suggest uh, DS nine when they become allies? But that's fine, that's fine. <laughs> Again, um, again, I don't know what I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> yeah, it's they just have it's like a blood feud. They just hate each other. You know, yeah, they've okay. always, they both want to dominate the universe. So if we do get um, into Captain Marvel and that's set in like '91 or '92 or something, it's conceivable that like we can still have a Kree-Skull war. We could see Hale's predecessors setting up because they know this war is coming. Mm. Obviously, we've had a lot of dealings with the Kree, like Ronan from Guardians of the Galaxy is a Kree. Yeah, uh, we've had a lot of dealings with Kree in the show as well, obviously, yeah. and. Captain Marvel is more than well. I think well, it's confirmed now. Now that we've seen the trailers, that there are Skrull and they're the green-looking mm. aliens. Now they're actually shapeshifters. Yeah, they can actually become anything they want. They're, obviously, if you've seen the Captain Marvel trailer, she punches a little old lady on a train or a bus. Which I found, I know we didn't actually do like a trailer breakdown, and I really wanted to because you f-ing loved that trailer. So well, good. Whereas I wasn't amazingly sold on it, but and I found even though I knew from that the, the, these scrolls are in it. I knew that old lady was probably a shape-shifting yeah. scroll. You don't know that watching that trailer. No, so in this like, trailer, oh, she's lost her mind. This she's, young, she's... beautiful superhero punches a sweet little old lady who's sitting down on a train. And with the, the strength that Captain Marvel has, that if that was a real gravity, her head had just exploded. Yeah, punch like, her through, through that train that wall. That whole train tipped yeah. over with that punch. <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well. Um. I. I didn't. I. Didn't, I was wondering what that was going to be. Actually. Yeah. That. Mm. That. That war. Yeah. Just it, they said a coming war. Yeah. And it's like, well, when we were in the future with the Cree around, like mm. in the in the husk of Earth, there was no mention of the war. Mm. There was no kind of war going on. So it's like, well, only maybe if Earth survives, is there going to be a war over it? Maybe. Maybe the scroll want to take over Earth so that the Kree can't get any more inhuman soldiers mm. to fight with, or who knows? But just knowing that there are Skrull coming to Earth in Captain Marvel in the 90s, yeah. it's very interesting to see and what ag- happens. Again, not not knowing uh, anything, I, I take it that the Skrulls are all bad guys, and the Kree so far to me, it's like there's been a couple of bad eggs, like mm. you know whether you've got your Cassises or you've got your Ronins. Like in Guardians of the Galaxy, the Kree like we we don't condemn this shit. We you know yeah we we don't we don't agree he's with a, anything about Ronan. He's, he's a religious zealot. He's, yeah, you know he's extremists. No, yeah. we deny any knowledge of him. You know they're like, hey, we're fine. He's a dick. So for me, it's like the Kree probably got questionable motives at the best of times, but it's really only a couple of bad eggs. Whereas the Skrulls are 
all bad? Like, is, yeah. am I anywhere near the right? Yeah, okay. that's um. Uh, if you've heard the, the term uh, "secret war" or "secret invasion" yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. terms of Marvel, that's because a, a number of the um the Avengers actually get replaced by by um Skrulls because Skrulls can imitate uh, superpowers as well. Oh wow! Yeah, God, so so helpful, so handy. Right, <laughs> yeah, and then there's a there's a great cartoon from a couple of years ago with uh, it's called uh, it's before Avengers Assemble. It's just called Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes. It mm. only went for two seasons, and yeah, the second season is all about. Uh, they introduced uh, Captain Marvel as Ms. Marvel at the time. They even bring in um, uh, Mockingbird, who was um, Bobby. Yep, yep. She ends up getting replaced by a Skrull. Her and Captain America are like stuck on a on a Skrull ship somewhere, while their Skrull versions of themselves are back like with the Avengers on yeah, Earth right. and stuff. It's really good. All right, uh, we say goodbye to S.H.I.E.L.D. for this week. Maddie. let's push on to The Gifted. Yeah, yeah. Episode 10, Exploited. Obviously, uh, picking up last week's, from last week's uh, episodes where we had uh, the uh, the two Strucker siblings, uh, you know, almost going full nuclear, but then getting uh, taken in by Sentinel Services and the like. Although, for me, it really kicked off with this great opener, um, the interrogation scene between Agent Turda, as you've come to call him, <laughs> and Dreamer. And their little, you know, like Dreamer, she's not new to this. She's probably been, you know, pulled over and, 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 and arrested a couple of times, interrogated before around her mutant abilities. She's like, whatever, man, you can't do anything. He's there going, I finally got one of you suckers. But it was personal between them because he's mm. like, I know that it was you. You took away, you did something to me and it took away the final days of my daughter, my only child's life. So when I went home that day, I actually forgot that she died and now I've lost my only child twice. You, yeah, and even Dreamer, like she's felt, she felt bad. She got ripped away from him when that happened a couple of episodes ago, yeah. She wanted to fix it. And I even said to you, I wouldn't be surprised if she tries to break into his house or his place of work to fix him because she feels that bad. She never did that, but... And never will. No. <laughs> wow. No. Okay. I thought I was tired last time. I'm fading towards the end of this episode. Bang. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. This has happened. This is real. We haven't lost a main character like this yet. Now, we're done. It's yep. happened. Boom. Dreamer. Gone. There was... So much in this episode. So much shit went down. Yeah. Um, wow. Uh, where do we start? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, Blondie. I, I have, yeah, I have to go right to the end of the episode yep. and just say, holy f***, it's the Stepford Cuckoos. Holy f***. <laughs> so this is what I've been teasing out for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. They've done it. So Esme is one of the Stepford Cuckoos. Yeah. Okay. So it's five girls normally. Right. Um, Sophie, Phoebe, Ingrid, Celeste, and Esme. Yeah. I did that in particular order because that's how the creator did it. Did you pick that up? Sophie, Phoebe, Ingrid, Celeste, Esme. Right. S-P-I-C-E. Spice Girls. <laughs> that's how the creator did it. He named they're not that's not their their um like age, age order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the five girls. Excellent. And that's how I remember them. Um, okay, so this is so exciting. So these girls are um, like artificially created clones of Emma Frost. 
They are Emma Frost's okay. daughters slash clones. Okay. Last week when you said uh, you were talking about Hellfire and you go, oh, I wouldn't be surprised they bring that back in because of a, you know, there's been that girl, you know, she might have connections, mm, blah, blah. Mm. And now I only know the Hellfire Club from first class. Yeah. And I know there's a lot wrong with, you know, continuity issues within that. <laughs> oh yeah, continuity issues in the X Men franchise. Other podcast, uh, but that right. And so my immediate thought was, hmm, blonde girl, possible um, connection to the Hellfire Club. I only know Hellfire Club from first class. Blonde woman, January Jones, Emma Frost. Oh shit. Okay, oh, this is, is she... this is Esme. Yeah. So I, I I didn't necessarily think that she was going to turn out to be. Oh, I'm I'm Emma Frost. But so okay. Clones, right? Is that what we're talking? So yes. So there's hundreds of them. There's hundreds of them. But so what's the spice? Only only five are actually were like activated and live and uh, there's like you know tubes somewhere of hundreds of them. Oh, okay. Um, but five. It's kind of like the whole um X twenty three program cloning Wolverine. Yep, yep, yep. It's a similar kind of thing. So there's a whole bunch out there. Depending with with comics and movie, uh, comics and TV shows and stuff like that is, um, yeah. Normally, it's just the others don't exist anymore. It's just these five, right? And in the comics, two of them died, and they went down to three, which is what we get at the end of this episode is just the three of oh, them, right? So, so up until now, I was going to say, oh, we're going to see another two before I, the end of the season. But- I think they're going to stop at at three only because I looked ahead. And next week's episode is three by one. It's right, three, okay. and obviously because of the X thing, X, it's three yeah. X one. Yeah. And these girls are sometimes known as three into one or five into one. Okay. Because there is kind of that hive mind. They've all got their own personalities, but they do have a bit of a hive mind kind of thing going on, and that's how their powers are strongest. In the amazing uh, cartoon that I've been telling you to watch, uh, Wolverine and the X Men, that only got one season. They are in that, and they actually managed to take... They're working with the Stepford Cuckoos. They managed to take the Phoenix Force out of Jean Grey, and those five Stepford Cuckoos become five Phoenixes. Bullshit. Yes. They, but acting as one, because they're so much weaker than Jean Grey, they can't right, all, okay. all have an individual Phoenix Force. Mm. They each take a fifth of the Phoenix Force into them. So it's like when you see like the big you know, fire um, Phoenix, yeah. there's five girls inside of it instead of just Jean Grey. Right, okay. And they get the Phoenix costumes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm so, so, so excited to see a live-action version of the Stepford Cuckoos. See, I, as much as you, literally up until the second last time that you said Stepford Cuckoos, I thought that was just what you called them. No. Like, like Agent Turner. Um, <laughs> that's actually, a, that's a thing. That's, that's a name. Yeah, that's their name, the Stepford Cuckoos. Wow. Yeah, which I think has its uh, has its origins in like Macbeth and the witches and all that kind of stuff. Oh, really? From the, I, I think, I could be talking it out of my ass, but I think that's where it comes from. And then also like the Stepford Wives and yeah, all that kind yeah. of stuff as well, because they're a little bit, you know, yeah. Shit. So, oh my God, well, I lost my mind when this happened. <laughs> I guess in the same way, we were t- talking earlier on, in the same way you lost your mind with that flashback scene from yeah. Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D., Oh, my God, this is where I lost my mind. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to be the name of this week's podcast, obviously. <laughs> um, Not really, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've got two options. We've got two options. Oh, shit. So, I mean, wow, we're, we're really, like, taking a step up from what this show... I mean, it's just been first nah. couple of episodes, family on the run, you know, convict on the run, criminal mm. on the run, whatever. And now we're talking about, like, clones. Yep. Yeah. That, I mean, they may not do that in this. They may just say, oh, they're, they're triplets, triplets. Yeah, um, okay. that have shared powers. Who knows? Yeah. But what I love is that it's 
in the same way they did it with Polaris and Blink and T-Bird and that kind of It's people on the fringe. It's characters on the fringe. Mm. It's like the Steph... If, if you're a hardcore X-Men fan and you've never heard of the Stepford Cuckoos... Mm. I don't blame you. Yeah. You know, um, they're not hugely prominent, but mm. it's like they're connected enough and they've been in, like they were in the original 90s um, uh, cartoon as well. Yeah, okay. With the whole Phoenix um, saga, but they weren't very, very prominent. They got given some prominence in uh, uh, Wolverine and the X-Men. So I love that they're connected to Emma Frost in the same way. It's like, well, Blink is there. She was in Days of Future Past. You've got T-Bird, who's Warpath's older brother. Yeah. Like, Polaris, who's Magneto's daughter. This is where I want all kinds of live action and all kind of superhero things to go. Mm. It's I want them to start going to the next generation. Mm. So we've spoken about this before about the young Avengers, seeing yeah. Wiccan and Hulkling and all these other kind of. The, I don't want I don't want reboots. I want it to start going down that that yeah. path. And that's again why I love Young Justice so much is because they went. You know what? We can't beat the original Batman cartoon. We can't beat. Um, a Justice League Unlimited cartoon series. So they left all the main superheroes as like these deity gods that all these um, sidekicks are looking mm. up to. And we follow the sidekicks and it's new characters and new stories and that kind of stuff. So that's what I love about Gifted mm. is they're taking that same route. Like I love, like I'm excited because I kind of know stuff about this, but I don't know where it's going to lead to and how these girls are going to, yeah. I've never seen the cuckoos working with Polaris before. I'm like, that's cool. That's something I've never seen before. His characters doing things that I've never seen before, but because they're such fringe characters, it's not like going, Oh no, that's against Canon. Or, mm. Oh no, that doesn't, these people would never do that. It's like, as far as I'm aware, those are characters that have never had any connection before ever. Yeah. And it's like, well, now suddenly they're working together. And, you know, these the, the underground's being used by the Stepfords, who I wouldn't be surprised are still connected with the Hellfire Club or the Inner Circle, you yeah. know? So, yeah, it's, oh, my God, I'm so excited. <laughs> I just ah. I wrote down, because I got a feeling last episode, even, I think even as early as we, as we met Esme, I'm like, something's not right about you. I don't... I don't trust mm. you as much as I think you want me to. And I love the way they backdoor introduced her. Like yeah. that whole first episode of her was about the the brainwashed mm. um, speedster. Yeah. And she was just like, even if you if you go back and watch that episode, she's even in the background. Like as as the priest guy opens up that big shipping container. Yeah. And it, you see Esme in the background and she's just a... And I think that's why it was so clever the way they did this reveal. Because mm. she was just in the background. Yeah. And it's one girl and it's just like, you know. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm amazed. I'm blown away at how cleverly they've done this, and and really showed off what she could do. Like that scene where not a SWAT team, but for all intents and purposes, that SWAT team of Sentinel mm. services at the end, they were not prepared uh, to New. say the least. <laughs> she New. just ripped through them. So what am I supposed to think then? Like, okay, she frees her two you know sisters, and then they're all speaking robotically the same all the time. Um. Is she only been with the with the underground to get to rescue these people, and then next episode she's off on her, she's leaving, she's off on her own thing, or is she rescuing her clone sisters to just to rescue them? And now that her mission's over, she can go back and relax and hang out with the with the underground. No, I would imagine that they were up to something when the girls were captured, and, yeah. and they can't be apart because they are kind of you know they're three into one. Mm. So I think that's again that that gives a bit of credence as to why she was so adamant. No, we can't leave. We have to get these girls. We're so close. We have to get them. And the whole time, you just think it's her family because she says yeah. it's her family. But knowing yeah. that 
as a mutant, she's so much less powerful without the others. They're they're so much more powerful together. Yeah. No, I'd say they've got some sinister stuff up their sleeve. Yeah. That, okay. that was interrupted by two of them getting captured. So I'm interested to see how that goes. Maybe Esme was turned out by the inner circle with because she was no no good to them. Yeah. Uh, without her sisters, and by having her sisters back, they can show that they're powerful again and they can get back in. Mm. I don't know. The, the sky's the limit, and I'm super excited about it. And <laughs> even the, the the act of duplication was pretty decent. Mm. Like I've been really impressed. Like we we talked about, like you know, uh, when um, Eclipse and Polaris kind of join their powers for that Aurora Borealis. Like, yeah, the CG and stuff is really good in oh, this it's, show. It's for, great. Like yeah. you know what you'd assume would wouldn't be a huge budget, but the way they duplicated that actress was really good. Like for a second, I'm like, is she a twin? Like, could they have gotten that lucky? Yeah. And then I looked up the credits. I was like, okay, no, it's just her. It's just the one. It's just yeah. the one. Um, yeah. Super excited. And I just, even though I kind of suspected it, the the reveal was amazing. Mm. Just, oh, mind blown. Absolutely mind blown. Now you get to um, Dr. Campbell. Obviously, Agent Turter uh, has, you know, he's he's been our nemesis uh, for a little while. But then, you know, he had the help of uh, Campbell, who's working with Trask Industries, yeah. right? And then he got blown up by um, Grandfather Strucker. Yeah, his face is all messed up now. Yeah, now he, he sort of like blown up and he, run, he got carried away. He was all messed up. The next episode, he was completely bandaged up. And I'm like, that's a strange choice. I don't know. The next episode, he wasn't in it. And I thought, are we never going to see that guy again? Like mm. it just seemed like why have you got him in it so far? Or even that character now, or or even that actor. And I know that actor as much as I love him for everything I've seen him in. He's not like a massive name or anything. No. But why would you even put him into that limited role to give him nothing to do, just to blow up his face and then have him come out as some kind of like cyborg or or or, <laughs> or you know completely? He, he does a good cyborg. You know, yeah. Well, actually, that's true. Probably a bad choice of words because he, he's an excellent <laughs> cyborg. Uh, thank you, Sarah Connor Chronicles. Um, but then he he shows up back here. Now he's shaved, obviously, and I'm like, well, why is he shaved? Turns around completely messed up like yellowed mm. up face and all that sort of shit like he returns in a in a in a big way i mean he was the one that pulled the trigger on dreamer like they're just there talking yeah. and, and i thought okay i know that he's bad and i've always been nervous when he's been on screen because it seems like even turner's afraid of him mm. but at the same time campbell's done nothing to prove why i should be afraid of him yeah and then just through like no reason whatsoever just bang and it was a brutal. The sound use and editing really was done good. really effectively, and the way they drained at the music, and then you get sort of that that echoey sort of you know piercing noise, and then just bang, you know she's on the ground, she's dead, and I'm like, well, you're not coming back from that, you no. know, like not like these shows where people get hurt and and maimed in ways that regular humans yeah. watching them would absolutely get killed. She got shot, she's dead, and it's like shit. This isn't even like a third last episode, second last episode, you know. Okay, it's fourth last, sure, mm. but. I feel like a 13 episode season. Yeah. This is still like nearly in the back half of the middle almost. Mm. Like, and again, now that we've got half of the Spice Girls, I I don't know. I actually obviously have had no idea what to expect so far. Now I'm really at a loss of like where the show is going. And yeah, and you know, and I'm so excited about it. Yeah. Like, I'm not, it's not predicting, not predictable. And yeah, I'm I'm super excited. There was just so much in this. I mean, there was there was a few weird things like Lauren and Andy's uh, wetsuits. Yeah, bit weird. And I was like, did I miss a scene where you got? Were you wearing this anyway? Like, what's yeah. going on? Here? Bit weird. 
bit weird. I like the idea that he can actually... It's not like they can't use their powers when they've got those devices on their necks. It's just that it hurts them enough to make them stop. Mm. So when he started to, you know, vibe essentially and just like the place was, you know, shaking and about to be brought down and then he's like, shit, that hurts. I can't do it anymore. I'm like, oh, so if you actually, you know, really man up here, you could do some damage. So I, 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 I... I don't know, I like that, but then yeah. I think all that was taken away when you're like, what are you, what are you wearing? What are you wearing? What's, what is, how is that helping? It's about John Favreau uh, as Happy Hogan in Iron Man 2 when he first sees um, Natasha Romanoff as Black Widow. He sees her in the That's spandex. Right. He's like, what are you wearing? What are you wearing? <laughs> um, but I guess it does give you a good um, sense of their powers as well. If you, if you, you know, I guess you picked up on the fact that that entire cage they were in was, was made of adamantium. Oh, I must have I must have missed that. Did you miss that? Yeah. So now that, I don't know, but yeah. That cage they were in uh was completely um adamantium and they trashed it. Yeah. Um and Campbell even did have the line there. He goes, Oh yeah, we found it. Um uh what is it? I've got it written here. Uh lined with adamantium we found in a facility in British Columbia. Oh shit. Oh someone have been there before. Who that? Oh, there's probably like a dead Kelly Hugh um skeleton <laughs> just Hanging out there. Go check it in the bathtub, mate. You might find someone there. Yeah. Um, and they trash that. And it's like, yeah. geez, the much maligned X-Men 3, even um, you know, evil Dark Phoenix couldn't trash the adamantium in no. Logan's skeleton. Yeah. Whereas these two kids just like blew up an adamantium room. Yeah. That's pretty badass. <laughs> one moment, it was one little line that actually got me. Because no, we, we were asking... A few episodes ago about the relationship between Agent Turner and his wife and mm. what does his wife really know about what, what he's doing? Does she this was so good. fully know that he's out there hunting these kids down or hunting mutants down, in, in, incarcerating them, you know, holding them against their will without, you know, any rights or, you know, any communication with anyone in the outside world? Or is she completely oblivious? To, I mean, she, he's, she's got to know that he works for Sentinel Services to some extent mm. or, or an agency. But what does she know and what's she okay with? You know, he's doing it because of the death of his daughter. Obviously, she lost the daughter too, but where is she? And at first when we see her here, it's like, yeah, she's she's okay with everything. She knows everything. But then when she finds out and she just sort of looks at him and says, what are you doing in the name of our daughter? It's like... Goosebumps. Yeah. And even just his face too was like... It's almost like that moment, you know, there's times where I feel like you can know that you're doing something, not wrong, but you might be stretching the lines a little bit and pushing boundaries and then someone will call you out on it and then all of a sudden you're in their shoes and you're judging yourself too and you're like, oh my, oh my God, what am I actually, what am I doing? What am I actually doing? Yeah. yeah. And I, I felt that just for a second with him there was like, oh shit, what am I doing? And you're right, I was doing this for our daughter and now I'm actually doing her a disservice and disrespect by basically blaming her and her death, but putting her at the forefront of why I'm hurting these yeah, people. Yeah, justifying everything he does because yeah. of that. And then what I love, what compacted onto that was just how badass Kate was. Mm. Now I know that her name, that's the mum. It's yeah. reading Kate. <laughs> Kate. Finally. I'm happy calling her Amy, but whatever. Yeah. Okay, Kate. <laughs> Only because she got so badass in this episode. Like... Just the gumption to rock up to Turner's house holding a gun, yeah, to then sit down and have a very civilized conversation with them while holding a gun, yeah. 
But I love the fact that Turner brought it up. He's like, oh, yeah, we're here at gunpoint. And then in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, just like Sentinel Services rocked up to Kate's house in the first episode yeah. to take her kids away at gunpoint. Yeah. And then Kate referenced it. <laughs> and I was like, boom, mic drop, bitch. Amy, I could just f- you up. Oh, cop it, Turner. <laughs> oh, it was so good. Like, this episode was just everything was yeah. gold. Like, ev- <laughs> oh. Oh, it's so good. God, I don't like seeing you like this. I love, I love, so love seeing you satisfied with your passions. This oh, satisfied. Whew, it's been a long time since I've been this satisfied, mate. Let me tell you. <laughs> Certainly with your pants on. <laughs> oh, even well, with my pants hang off, Hang on mate. a second. I don't know that for sure. Even with my pants off, it's been a while since I've been this satisfied. <laughs> there was another line as well. No, because I, I made a note of the um the what are you doing in the name of our daughter line, which um I thought was amazing. And there's another one. Now, I can't remember. It might have been... Was it part of the Turner conversation with Kate and Reed, or was it something that Johnny said? But they said just because it's legal doesn't make it right. And I was like, "Yeah, you know what? If you yeah. stop and think about that, that's pretty right. Mm. Like, you know, just because it's legal doesn't always mean it's morally the right thing to do. Just because someone's passed it into law doesn't yeah. mean as as a race it's the right thing we should be doing. Yeah, it's like laws you change, know? morals don't. Yeah, ideally. Yeah. You know. So, um, I um, I quite like that. If we were in the get into gate, it'd be there'd be a pan flute. You know, <laughs> that's how much I like that one. Bit of a whole episode around just that line. Yeah. But um, Blink uh, getting interrogated, giving that sass to mm. the interrogator at start. I lived for that. Yeah. That was amazing. She was just because she, she's a runner. She's always been a runner. So the fact that now she's willing, to, a that she was willing to stand up. And do something because of what happened to her a couple of episodes ago when she found her her old home, mm. and that kind of forced her to be like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get on this mission, and I'm gonna I'm gonna help. The mission went to hell. She's got captured, and now she's willing to just you know instead of just give up, yeah, she's given that sass. And I'm like, that's a really nice character arc for her. Yeah. And then the flip side to that, where Dreamer, who's been in part of the resistance for a long time, she was not handling her incarceration well. She no. was really freaking out. Yeah. Like she couldn't handle it. Um, and I'm wondering how that would have changed if it wasn't Turner that was interrogating her and 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 brought up what she had done to him. You know, how much did that rattle her? I actually thought she was going to flip. I thought mm. she was going to turn on the um on the resistance mm. and actually give him up. Yeah. Um, because a she wasn't handling the incarceration, but b her guilt of what she did to Turner. Mm. Um, I really thought she was going to turn on him, and then next minute she's lying on the floor with a bullet in her head, and I'm yeah. like, shit. Yep. Poor Johnny. Full on. <laughs> oh, he's got blink. He'll be fine. <laughs> Let's not pretend we cared that much about Dreamer. Come okay, on. sure. Come on now. All right, that's episode 10 of The Gifted Exploited. Uh, Maddie, what was the title of next week? Third last uh, episode, right? Well, th- I guess you could call it three times one, but I'm calling it three by one. Three by one. Oh, three right. Three by yep. one. Okay, with, uh, with Esme and her two sisters. Now, actually, yeah. one thing I did want to bring up before, I, I, I like the little, you know, prologue type you know, flashback um, scene with her, you know, working for a very anti-mutant politician. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Waiting for him to get assassinated when he made that speech. But no. <laughs> now, she, like, really, she was new to the stuff, but she, she like, really flipped out at one point. She's, like, hearing voices and, and all kinds of shit and, like, ran out. Am I supposed to think now that I've seen the end of the episode, is that, is that like, her sister's, like, crying out for help yes. or something? You're right. Okay, yes. okay. Now, it's funny because at the start of the episode, I thought it was, oh, that's her powers. She's realizing she's a mutant. 
Right. Or something yeah. like that. That's her powers. She's yeah. realized that she's she's a um she's a telepath or something like that. Yeah. And no, afterwards I went back and I was like, Oh, that's her sisters are in trouble and she's just dropped whatever her mission was. Yeah. That and that's what that's why I think the inner circle might There's have sent her on. there because they yeah. wanted her to manipulate that that senator or whatever he was, um, to you know, come over to their side or, or just lessen the damage or whatever. Mm. And she's abandoned her post mm. to go and try and save her sisters. That's what I think anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I should know you're right. So much in this episode. And then mm. now this leading into to, to three more episodes. I do like what you said there last week. Three more episodes, but I reckon maybe two more podcasts worth of uh, of gifted. I, I think we do episode do double eleven, up for twelve and thirteen, and then twelve and thirteen. I reckon we just back I'm, to back it and yeah, I'm fairly certain it's you can actually length. watch it as a one. Like yeah. obviously these episodes do have an ending at each at each episode, yeah, or that cliffhanger or something like that. But these I'm pretty sure are pretty seamless as two episodes, yeah. Extraction and Crossroads, well X dash Roads, so yeah, that's obviously Crossroads. Hmm. <sighs> God, all right, I'm excited. This is one of the times. I'm always glad that we record at the end of my working day because it means I get to go home and watch the next episode. And I feel like I don't uh, even need it previously on because you've just like explained everything to me. And I'm like, oh, I got all this knowledge. I'm previously right. on the last 30 years of my life. Previously with Maddie Gibson. <laughs> you can check out all of our old uh, Marvel podcasts, Shield and Gifted, as well as our DC TV chats, any movie reviews we've got going on, trailer reviews, all the talk here on Get Into Geek via our Get Into Geek podcasting channels. Follow us on the socials. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can check out our uh, side show, which we mentioned earlier, Get Into Gate. We are talking, and why we, I mean myself, Maddie here, Brendan and Reese, the Gibson brothers, over on Get Into Gate, Stargate SG1. That's what we're talking about. So you can subscribe to the podcast there as well. Myself, Mitch underscore Lewis on Twitter and Instagram, if you want to come and talk about this sort of gear. Maddie, where you at? Uh, at Satisfied With My Pants On. Okay. <laughs> Search that. Just see what happens. Let's just see what happens. I'm yeah. Do that as I mean, if it's not recording. a thing, I'm going to make it a thing. Yeah, own it. We um, just claim all these great titles we keep thinking of, little <laughs> handles. Away we go. At high pitch, Matty. See, that's the real one. Yeah. For the next day or so, and then it's satisfied yeah. with my pants on. Yeah. See you back next week for more Marvel TV, more Shield episode 16, and the third last episode of season one of The Gifted. Fire. Get into geek.